I can't even start up the bulldozer with that. There were problems with the bill. More than that, there are problems and perceptions among our caucus. That the intention of this bill is to target one community. From the fourth floor of the Capitol Rotunda, you're listening to WFSU Public Media's Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Funding for Capitol Report is provided by the following. HR Florida State Council, affiliate of the Society of Human Resource Management, advocating for the workplace on behalf of 16,000 human resource professionals and 6,300 Florida employers. HR Florida State Council. More at hrflorida.org. This is Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Among today's Capitol action... The legislature's proposed $115 billion spending proposal is receiving some pushback from Democrats. Prior to the House and Senate approving their plans, Democratic lawmakers expressed concerns about the budget not including enough money for agriculture and rural development projects. As Adrian Andrews tells us, another complaint is a lack of money to support the upkeep of state prisons. The House and Senate spending plans top $115 billion for the upcoming fiscal year. That's about $4 billion less than the current budget of $119 billion. But Republican House Speaker Paul Renner told reporters last week that's not entirely a bad thing. He says the legislature needs to cut back on unnecessary spending now that the federal government is pulling back on pandemic stimulus dollars. He also says the state is expecting less revenue in upcoming years. It doesn't mean we're going into deficit, but the growth in revenues is slowing significantly. While at the same time, if you look at where spending is, at some point in the future, the near term, those lines are going to cross. Several Democrats voted against the House's spending proposal. Orlando Representative Bruce Antone says the proposal would strike out most of the funding earmarked for members of the Democratic Black Caucus. He also worries his district won't have enough money to move forward with certain infrastructure projects. I can't even start up the bulldozer with that. St. Petersburg Representative Lindsey Cross said while there are a lot of good things in this year's proposal, she still urged lawmakers to consider setting more money aside for agricultural and land preservation programs in Florida. We're seeing a 66 percent decrease in that funding from last year and we're quite far off from where the Senate is. House Democrats closed out their opposition with Tampa State Representative Diane Hart. She blasted her Republican colleagues for not putting more money into the state's crumbling prisons. She notes some of those facilities do not have air conditioning. We just give them seven billion dollars and say okay go away and spend it however you like. How could we not earmark air conditioning in this budget and require it. Lawmakers in both the House and Senate must work to settle on the state's final spending plan in early March. I'm Adrian Andrews. Legislative leadership could be getting cold feet about a bill that would protect Confederate monuments. As Tristan Wood reports, the ongoing fight over whether such monuments promote history or hate came to a head recently in the legislature. For years, proponents of a plan to stop the removal of monuments, specifically ones associated with the Confederacy, have claimed their measure is about preserving history. This year's version of the bill would keep local governments from removing such markers, but also provides an option for officials to erect an explainer plaque to contextualize the monument. 
but Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo says she is unsure whether she supports the bill should it come before the full Senate for a vote. There were problems with the bill. More than that, there are problems and perceptions among our caucus on all sides. So I'm going to take that into consideration. I'm not going to bring a bill to the floor that is so abhorrent to everybody. Those problems came to a head days ago during a heated public comment session on the bill. Opponents, like Women's Voices of Southwest Florida's Ida Smith, brought up how most Confederate monuments were constructed during the Jim Crow era as a symbol of white supremacy. They were there to make sure that black communities understood that they were not welcome, which is why following the erection of all these statues, over 800 of them in America, we saw what was known as the Great Migration, where black communities fled the South to go to the North. Many of the nation's Confederate monuments were first erected in the 1890s following Reconstruction and the 1920s and 30s following the establishment of anti-black Jim Crow era laws. The second wave of such monuments came during the Civil Rights Movement. For many black Americans, symbols like Confederate monuments are inextricably tied to hatred, racism, and white supremacy. And the words of defenders signal an endorsement of and reinforcement of those perceptions. So when self-described white supremacist and live Oak attorney Charles Patrick voiced his backing for the bill, a Senate committee room erupted in protest. This product of removal of statues that have historic significance that are over 100 years old is part of the culture war being waged against white society. Miami Republican Senator Alexis Kaladiud asked him to clarify what he meant by that. On supporting white culture or supporting the concept of the need to push white su- supremacy is what I heard. White culture, white supremacy. So I just want to clarify that was your intent in your public testimony today. Yes, it was. Democrats on the committee were so outraged after those comments that they walked out. Fleming Island Republican Senator Jennifer Bradley says she considered voting against the bill after the racist comments. Comments that I heard today from several gentlemen, I'm looking right at you, were vile, they were bigoted, they were racist, they are what is tearing apart our state, they are what is driving a wedge between people, and you are the reason I am vacillating on whether or not to even vote yes, because it looks like I endorse your hatred. Still, she, and all Republicans on the committee, endorsed the measure and voted it through. The bill still needs to be heard by another committee before it is even considered on the Senate floor. I'm Tristan Wood. A bill that aims to prevent so-called political flags from flying in public buildings has stalled in its first Senate committee. The measure has been agended, discussed, and subsequently put on hold twice. And we get an update on that from Regan McCarthy. Under the measure, Fort Myers Republican Senator Jonathan Martin says only flags authorized under state law, including the U.S. and state of Florida flags, could be flown or displayed at government buildings. That means flags like the Pride flag, Black Lives Matter flag, and the Confederate flag would be barred. This is just physically talking about a flag, not a picture of a flag, not a um, projected image of a flag. It's literally just a flag like the two that are standing up uh, behind this dais. For example, Martin told a panel of lawmakers that during Pride Month, the city of Cape Coral uses lights to project a rainbow flag in a city reflecting pool. He says his bill would do nothing to stop that. 
but members of the LGBTQ plus community say they're concerned. If you watch the testimony from Representative Fine and Representative Barrero in the House, it was very clear that the intention of this bill is to target one community, my community. Joe Saunders is political senior director for the group Equality Florida, an LGBTQ plus rights organization. Saunders was one of the first openly gay lawmakers to serve in the Florida legislature. He says seeing flags in the state capitol that represent his community is important. Hanging a flag that represents our community in one of our offices, one of your offices, would be a violation of the law were this bill to pass. And I can't square that. LGBTQ people exist in this state. Opponents have raised concerns that the measure violates First Amendment rights, but supporters argue that's not the case because it doesn't put any rules in place about what a person can do on their own property. After hearing from several public commenters, Senator Martin requested that the committee once again put his measure on hold. He said he needed to leave the room to present a different bill in a different committee. Meanwhile, a similar bill in the House has cleared its first committee. I'm Regan McCarthy. A second Florida House panel today passed legislation that would ban making or selling cultivated meat in the state. Cultivated meat, sometimes known as lab-grown meat, involves a process of taking a small number of cultured cells from animals and growing them in controlled settings to make food. The proposed ban is backed by Florida agriculture groups. House Bill sponsor Danny Alvarez points to concerns about food safety, saying there are many unknowns surrounding the product. We are protecting Floridians and we are making sure that this brand new genetically modified product type is safe for ingestion for not only your children, but for your DNA. But industry officials say the cultivated meat process has been closely scrutinized by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the U.S. Department of Agriculture to ensure safety. Representative Joe Casello says cultivated meat could be an economic engine for Florida. This is the wave of the future that's going to come whether we be on this this bill today or not, it's going to come. The legislation has one more committee hearing before it can be considered by the full House of Representatives. The Senate version of the bill also must pass one more committee prior to being taken up by the full chamber. Our regular Capitol Report correspondents are Adrian Andrews, Gina Jordan, Lynn Hatter, Regan McCarthy, Margie Menzel, and Tristan Wood. Shows are available Monday through Thursday by 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you get your podcasts. And on many of these Florida public radio stations, you can tune in each Friday to catch the latest on all things happening at the Capitol. That show is also available in podcast form. Technical assistance comes to us from Taylor Cox and I'm Tom Flanagan. This is Capitol Report, the podcast from WFSU Public Media. Funding for Capitol Report is provided by the following. HR Florida State Council, affiliate of the Society of Human Resource Management. Advocating for the workplace on behalf of 16,000 human resource professionals and 6,300 Florida employers. HR Florida State Council. More at hrflorida.org. Capital Report is a production of WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee.